0: Oh, how's worship? Awesome. Thank you, Lokai. Thanks for doing that. Trevor, them, Carl, them, Mel. They're all in Australia. How many guys are jealous that they're in Australia at Hillsong? I am. I totally, completely am. Um, but here's the thing. I love the fact that they're there, and uh, well, not that I'm I'm not there. But um, they're going to get fired up. They're going to get equipped. They're going to hear things. God is going to speak to them, and they're going to come back and share it with us. And I think it's a cool thing that they go out there for you guys. Seriously, they're not going there just for a vacation, to have fun in Australia, eat meat pies, which they are doing. Um, their goal is to go there, get inspired, um, and see a global, the global thing that the Lord is doing, right? He's not just doing one thing in Cunyola. He's doing things around the world, right? And when they go there, they come back. Guess what? We get a glimpse of what God is doing around the world, and we get to be a part of it. So keep praying for them. Seriously, ask God to go, God, speak to them. Speak that when they, when they get inspired over there, they bring it here, and our church would be that much better. Um, but the most amazing thing is that um, Tate, you guys know Tate, Mr. Baseman himself, um, Go, uh, I'm not sure who else is there. I think Polly Seri is there. Um, there's a bunch of guys that are in Australia right now, but as soon as the conference is over, guess where they're going? They're going to Japan, and they're going uh, to Sendai. Um, on a mission trip. And we got the mission team that's actually going to go. This is the whole mission team that's going to go to Sendai, guys. And they're going to do relief work. And they're going to see the kids that we ministered to last year that got saved or maybe didn't get saved. They get to see the same kids. And they get to minister to them. They get to meet new kids. They're sharing the gospel. I really believe that we are on the verge of Japan. They call Japan, uh, seriously, the missionary graveyard. I claim in victory that it's no longer that we will see breakthrough and revival in Japan. And we are a part of that. We are sending people there. We are, we are sending people there way before Sendai happened, before the tsunami. And guess what? We get to be a part of it. Um, it's it's going to be awesome. So um, I want to pray. And the reason why I'm praying here is to make sure that uh, when you go home that you would pray for them as well. Because they haven't left yet. Pray while, uh, before they leave. Pray during the, uh, they're there. And pray after so that the fruit will grow. And so let's do that. Let's bow our heads. Father God. I thank you so much uh, for all you're doing. I pray that you would use your church um, to do great things. I pray for the Sendai team, that they do incredible things, God, for you, that um, you would protect them, that you would give them wisdom, that they would do the most effective things, that they wouldn't waste time doing the things that you don't want them to do. Lord, that um, uh, the relief work and meeting the kids that they saw last year that um, know Jesus and that they would bring this country Lord, that is lost, seriously lost without you, God, um, and I pray that uh, you would be, the, be with them. In Jesus' precious name, we all say, amen. amen. So continue to pray for those guys, um, but here I am uh, for Pastor Carl, I am not him, um, and I'm Pastor Tom, hi. How you doing? If you don't know me, I'm Pastor Tom, and so uh, we're going to be uh, going into Corinthians again, and it's a heartwarming, um, you know, great sermon about keeping things in order, that was a joke. It's like, what really? Um, how many guys like to keep things in order? Like, are you guys have you ever take those personality tests like the lion, the otter? What is the other one? Golden Retriever and Beaver. Beaver is the like the beaver's like the one that works detailed and everything's in order. How many guys are are the beavers? Right? Like you got like things in order. And I'm not a beaver per se, but there's some things I am beaver-ish at. Um, I, you know, in my closet, everything's color-coordinated. Anybody? Yeah. It's coordinated I, I have the blue shirts here. I have the, gr- the green shirts. I have the brown sh- You know why? Because I'm colorblind. <laughs> and I need to make sure that I don't look, like, stupid. St- you know, it's like, because I, I have to, like, be at the 7 o'clock service so the lights are off. I don't want to wait the kids or my wife. So I'm just like, oh, this looks good. And I could really grab something that just looks awful. Right? And so i got to make sure that I got everything. Do I look all right? Okay, cool. Um, but here's the thing. Um, the title is Keeping Things in Order. God wants us, when we come together as a church, and when I say church, I don't mean the building. I mean you and me, brothers and sisters in the Lord. When we come together as a church, God desires that our services, that the church service, when we come, especially in a, in a big church like us, that there should be order. Do you guys agree? There, should be, there shouldn't be disorder, because in the Word it says God is a God of peace, not of disorder. He wants um, us to experience God um, at its maximum potential. Um, I want to read you guys a a scripture. Um, Keep your hands on 1 Corinthians 14, um, but if you want, you can turn to Ephesians right now, but I'm just going to read this in Ephesians 1, uh, verse 16. And I really believe um, Paul wrote Ephesians as well. Paul wrote 1 Corinthians, and this is his heart. I want you to hear his heart for the people of of the Lord, the people who worship Jesus, Jesus. And he says this in 1 Corinthians 1, verse 16. He says, I have not stopped thanking God for you. I pray for you constantly, asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow in your knowledge of God. I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given those he called. His holy people who are rich and glory uh, and his rich and glorious inheritance. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. And I read this and I get excited. Do you guys excited, get excited reading this? When Paul was here on earth, he was praying this for us, for the church. He says, I want you to experience the Lord Jesus Christ in all of its fullness, right? He's saying this, when you guys come together, and I want to put it in the context of when you guys come to church, because we're at church, right? Here we are. There's about 400 plus of us, of us sitting here, and we're in church, right? The goal of Paul, his prayer, was that you would um, have spiritual wisdom and insight, that you would walk in, walk in here and experience, well, I, I, I learned something. I am growing. I am maturing in Christ. The second thing is that you be flooded. I love this. That you be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given uh, to those he called. Flooded with light, right? Right now I'm being flooded with lights right now. These are, these are physical lights. But what he's saying is that when you come here and worship God, that you be flooded with the glory of the Lord. Are you guys excited about that? I mean, when you come and worship... I the worship was good, wasn't it? You were flooded with light. You were flooded with the goodness of the Lord. I mean, I mean, I heard people going, whistling, right? You know, it's like, it was almost like, it was kind of cool. You know, it's like sometimes you just, how many, how many guys when you worship, and not everyone's like this. I know some people, they, their worship, their expressive worship is like this. And they're loving Jesus, so that's nothing wrong with that. Seriously, I'm Filipino, I got to move, right? I got to, it's like, I can't help myself. Sorry seriously how many guys just like can't help yourself when you worship the lord it's because you're being flooded with light and you just can't help i mean how many guys heard the who's whistling who's that Woo! you can you're like I, you you're probably like i gotta do this Woo! you know like you're so excited because when you come to church paul's prayer is that you be flooded inundated with the glory of the lord when you come here that's what he's saying he says you flooded with light so that you understand because when you're flooded with light you get it you're going God is good. God is awesome. He also says this, that you understand the incredible greatness of God's power. That you experience His power when you come to church. That it wouldn't just be okay, did my checklist, I uh, did church. Dude, you should I just called you dude. <laughs> hey dude. <laughs> that when you come to church, right? And when you walk out those doors, God better be bigger when you walk out those doors. Not bigger as far as God being bigger cuz God's bigger but bigger in your eyes. Are you getting me? That your revelation of him, that you're going, whoa, God's way bigger than I thought. And you know what? I've been a Christian a long time. I've been a Christian a long time. And you know what? There's no way I grasped everything that God has or is, right? I want to be like, dude, I know you here. I want to know you here. And eventually, like, you know what I'm saying? That every time we come to church, we're, we're, we're expecting, like, what Frank was sweating about, right? So sweaty, Frank. I love it. Uh, that we come expecting something good. Now, here's the thing. Us, the staff, the volunteers, everybody that puts this, you know what, and let's give a hand to everyone that puts this service together. I really believe um, that everyone that puts this service together has this heart that you would come and experience, God. We're not... We're not standing here to come like, ooh, look at me, look at Tom, or, you know, the worship band's like, look how great my guitar work, or the greeter is, look how friendly I am. We're coming here so that when you come here, that we kind of get out of the way, that we kind of kind of melt away, and you don't even recognize. You know what good worship is? Is good worship is when you're not just watching a great band, which they are, they are a great band, um, you're not just watching a great band, you actually forget about the band, and you start worshiping Jesus. A good worship band is so good you forget about them. A good service is so good that you forget about the people that actually runs it. You forget about me. If you, and all you see is Jesus Christ. That's our that's our heart. And part of the thing about being in order and doing things properly in a service is that we, me included, worship team, greeters, everybody, PowerPoint, that we get out of the way so that you experience Jesus Christ. Am I making sense? So when Paul says that we need to keep things in order, he's really serious about it, you know, and I'm going to read 1 Corinthians 14, and seriously, to be honest with you, they're very tough scriptures. Thank you, Carl. Don't you think it's convenient that he leaves every time I have to do the tough scriptures? Don't you think, oh, let's see, uh, chapter 11, oh, about, you know, women covering their heads and all? Dude, Tom, you got it, man. I got a trip to go to. Like, why am I doing this every single time? Thank you, Carl. Okay, praise the Lord. I get to deliver this um these are tough scriptures i'm going to read this and you hear a lot of things and going that's confusing i don't get it um and i want to just say one thing you don't have to why am i closing this i need to drink this um you don't have to get it don't be here and going uh i I remember you read that and that's confusing because we're going to be talking about tongues we're going to be talking about prophecy they're going to he's going to mention it a lot of times and i want to say this i've read this and this scripture, even though they mention tongues and prophecy everywhere down this the scripture, it's not about tongues and prophecy. This scripture is not about tongues and prophecy. He's using an example to how the attitude of the church, the attitude that we should have when we come to church. And he's looking at these examples because the Corinthian church were taking these spiritual gifts, right? How many guys were here for Pastor Rob when he talked about spiritual gifts? Yeah? Right? He, he got the good chapter. I got 14. Um, <laughs> right? God gave the Corinthian church mighty, awesome spiritual gifts. They were operating it. But you know what they were? They were like the kid on Christmas morning and like, oh, here's my new toy. And you break the toy. It's like, oh, right? They weren't using it properly, and they needed to learn. You know, who could blame them? They were one of the first churches in the Christian churches in the world. So they were, of course, they're going to do things wrong. And we get to learn from kind of their mistakes. And so here we go. Let's turn to 1 Corinthians 14, chapter 1. Um, And the first line, I love this, it says this, right? Last week's sermon was, hi, love. How many of you guys enjoyed the 80s? I had something to do with that, by the way. Me me and Carl were having fun. It's like, ooh, what's an 80s? The glory of love. I love that song. Okay. Um, It says, uh, uh, the first line here, let love be your highest goal. Amen? Let love be your highest goal, exclamation point. But you should also desire the special abilities the Spirit gives, especially the ability to prophesy. For if you have the ability to speak in tongues, uh, you will be talking only to God. Since people won't be able to understand you, you will be speaking by the power of the Spirit. But it will be all uh, mysterious. But one who prophesies uh, strengthens others, encourages them, and comforts them. A person who speaks in tongues is strengthened personally, but one who speaks a word of prophecy strengthens the entire church. I wish you could all speak in tongues, but even more, I wish you could all prophesy. For prophecy is greater than speaking in tongues, unless someone interprets what you are saying so that the whole church will be strengthened. Dear brothers and sisters, if I should come to you speaking in an unknown language, how would that help you? But if I bring you a revelation of some special knowledge or prophecy or teaching, that will be helpful. Even lifeless instruments like the flute or the harp must play the notes clearly, or no one will recognize the melody. And if the bugler doesn't sound a clear call, I would underline that, a clear call, um, how will the soldiers know they are being called to battle? Now, I like that last line. I want to kind of jump off of that, is, is that we're the army of God. A lot of excitement. We're the army of God. It's like, I want to hear some hooahs. <laughs> we're, the, we're the army of God. We are, we are, seriously. I mean, we are called... Um, to change this world. Uh, God, uh, Jesus calls us to make disciples of all nations, which means we do it locally and globally. We've got to do this. We have a mission to do. We are God's army, right? And he's saying this. It has to be a clear call. When you come to church, it has to be clear. It can't be this like, mm, maybe go, possibly. No, he's saying go. And it has to be clear. And so the examples that he's talking about is this thing called tongues versus prophecy. He's saying prophecy is better than tongues. Why? When you come to church, no one understands tongues, right? Only you. The beauty about tongues, right? Now, if you guys are confused, if you don't even know what tongues is, tongues is a spiritual gift that the, that the Lord gives us that is a tongues that, of an unknown language, not unknown to even you. It could be a heavenly language. It could be a language here on earth. Are you guys clear on tongues? It happens. We are in a Pentecostal church. We believe that it happens, right? People speak in tongues here. Um, the problem with, or not the problem with tongues, the, the beauty about tongues is it's actually the, I, I think it might be the only gift. It's, it's the gift that really benefits the person that it was given to, right? Because tongues is an awesome language, right? And what happens is when you speak in tongues, you're speaking these perfect prayers that the Spirit is speaking through you to God. And so, for example, when I am at home and I speak in tongues, um, a lot of times when I speak in tongues is when I'm praying and I run out of words to say. I just run out of prayers. It's like, okay, God, you're good, and i have just like kind of reach the end of like English prayers, and, and my heart's still groaning and still wants to wants to kind of say something to the Lord, but I don't know what to say. Guess what I do? I speak in tongues, and it helps me especially when I'm anxious or worried about something and I don't know the whole circumstance or whether it is. I like to speak in tongues because the Spirit is speaking through me, perfect prayers speaking into the circumstance, speaking into the details that I have no, no idea what's going on, I get to kind of reach into the heavenlies and, and pray in tongues. Are you with me? It benefits me. It's a great benefit. It's awesome. I love it, okay? Um, but it's not good when you come to church. When I, if I speak in tongues, it's not going to work. And so why does he say prophecy is better? It's in English. <laughs> Bottom line, it's in English. When I talk talk to you guys, I'm speaking in English. You do not want to speak, me to speak in Filipino. You really, really don't, okay? Um, one example is, is Kanani. How many of you guys love Kanani? She's in Kanani. She's filling her face with meat pies right now, I know. Um, I love Kanani, you know why? Because when she comes up here and does the announcement, she's just not, she's not reading some lists because sometimes she doesn't even read the list. Because I know she forgets the question. She, you know, we, we're so programmed, we have these things like here's what the announcer is supposed to say. Can kind I of never read that? Um, you know why? And I love it. I love it, because she's sitting there while worship's going on, she's asking the Lord, what should I say to you guys? She is. She's, she has the gift of tongues, I know that. She has the gift of prophecy, I know that. Right? And she could choose to come up here and start speaking in tongues. Are you gonna benefit from that? No, she comes up here and proclaims the truth of the Lord clearly, the clear call. And she gets words from the Lord. And there are times when she is speaking that I get so excited because I see, see people crying in the audience, right? People just tearing up because they know they're like, wow, God's speaking to me, right? The Lord's giving a word from Kanani to me. I feel better. Chains are being lifted up. Burdens are being lifted. I mean, it's amazing when she, when, when she does her what she does, but she's doing it in English so that we understand. And I look at this scripture, and the reason why I open this saying this is not about tongues, this is not about prophecy. You know what this is, the bigger picture about it is? Is what is the most helpful gift at the time. Do you guys get that? Right? Right here it says when you come together as a church body, right? What's the most helpful gift? The one that has English in it. Prophecy, revelation, words of wisdom, words of knowledge. The thing when I teach, um, not every single time I teach, I can be prophetic. Not you know, it's not all the time I'm prophetic. Right, teaching can be a pro, uh, can be prophetic, right? I can be teaching something, and sometimes I can be prophetic because some of, some of you guys, and I've, I'm in the Connect Ministry, so I meet a lot of people. There's a lot of people that say, "Man, man, Carl really just that that really hit me." They come there for their first time, going, "Dude, did he read my email? Did he check my Facebook before I come to church?" No, Carl doesn't do that, right? He's, he's listening to the Holy Spirit and going, okay, God, how do you want to use me? And, and sometimes when he speaks, some of you guys are going, dude, he spoke right to me. Man, that was right on. Why? It's because at that moment, he's teaching prophetically. Are you guys with me? Yes. Right? And it, this happens. This is the coolest thing about the Holy Spirit that we have to experience God when we're here. Um, so, so, my challenge to you guys is in every single circumstance, when you come to church, are you guys looking for the most helpful gift? to strengthen the body of Christ. Because God wants to give us gifts, not just gift. He wants to give us more gifts. But at that time, we have to choose, okay, what's the most helpful? You know what's a really helpful gift? You know what's a really helpful thing that happens in service? I know this is not a spiritual gift, but PowerPoint. How many guys love the fact that we have PowerPoint? Right? Because if we don't, I know all you guys are, if we don't, the worship band would be going, and you'd be like, blah, blah, blah. Blah, 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 blah. You know, you have no idea what you're going to sing, but you look at the, the thing, and you're going, oh, my God, that's the words, oh, my gosh. And it's awesome because you look at the words sometimes, and you're going, whoa, that's cool. You get a re- revelation from God. The PowerPoint, guy, isn't amazing. That's the most helpful. I mean, seriously, at that point, it's more helpful than tongues or, it's, you know, it's, it's why it's leading you into the presence of God. Are you, are you guys hearing me? And think about it. Think about the, the act of PowerPoint. The person back there, who's the Wave, look at the person, hi, PowerPoint. Awesome, yeah, give him a hand. I love you guys. Why? It's because you're leading me, right? Uh, All they do is this. Oh, yeah. You know, I'm not sure if they get fancy or whatever, you know. I am the worst PowerPoint person in the world. Do not put me back there. Because why? Because I, you know, like I said, I'm a musician. I like music Music moves me. And so, like, I'll put the first words. I'm like, ah, I got the right song on, right? I've done this before, right? This is, I've learned this. That, don't put me in the PowerPoint. It's like, boom, right? The music starts going. I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> this is good, right? I start worshiping the Lord, closing my eyes, and the song's over, and I'm still in the first verse. <laughs> and no one's singing, right? Don't put me there, right? I am not helpful, Okay. Isn't it amazing that that small of a thing, that small of an act is the most helpful thing for 500 of us? I I'll get the point? The point of this is not tongues. It's not prophecy. What is the most helpful thing that I can do as a Christian, as a Christian brother, especially when I come to church? What can I do right now? Okay, we've got to open our eyes. Um, go to verse 9. And he says this, Paul says this, It's the same for you if you speak uh, to people in words they don't understand. How will they know what you are saying? You might as well be talking into empty space. There are many different languages in the world, and every language has meaning. But if I don't understand any language, I'll be a foreigner to someone who speaks it, and the one who speaks it will be forever a foreigner to me. And the same is true for you, since you are so eager to have the special abilities the Spirit gives, seek those, I love this, underline this, seek those that will strengthen the whole church. All right? So anyone who speaks in tongues should pray also for the ability to interpret what is being said. For if I pray in tongues, my spirit is praying, but I don't understand what I'm saying, well then, what shall I do? I'll pray in the Spirit, and I'll pray, uh, also pray in words I understand. I'll sing in the Spirit, and I'll also sing in the words I understand. For if you praise God only in the Spirit, how can those who don't understand you praise God along with you? How can they join you in giving thanks when they don't understand what you are saying? You'll be giving thanks very well, but it won't strengthen the people who hear you. I thank God that I speak tongues more than any of you. But in the church, been in a church meeting, I would rather speak five understandable words. To help others, than 10,000 words in an unknown language. The Corinthian church had a problem. The problem was this. They had these gifts. And tongues was probably the most apparent of them, right? They're like, whoa, this is cool, man. I, gotta, I can speak in an unknown language whenever I want. So what was happening is they're coming to church, and they're all speaking in tongues. When new people came or people don't, didn't understand what tongues is, they're like, whoa, what is going on here? This is crazy, and, and what happened, they got caught up, up in their own little world, and their gifts turned into these self gifts. Like I said, the gift of tongues is the one that benefits you, so they got kind of caught up in their own little world. How many guys have uh, noise-canceling headphones? Or like, or like you just, you're, how many guys get into, your, into the mode where you just like put your, your um, iPod, iPod on, and you're just like, yeah, and then you forget about everybody? I'm the only one, okay. <laughs> you guys think about everyone else. Seriously, um, I, I have, like, these full-on really good Bose and, like, noise-canceling headphones. And I, I put those on, you know, and I, I like to download music. I'm a music. I listen to music. Seriously, my wife could be screaming at me. My babies could be screaming their heads off. I'd be like. <laughs> which actually happened this week, actually. <laughs> um, and you get lost in your own little world. It shouldn't happen that, like that in church. We shouldn't be lost in our own little world. We should keep, you know, um. As a worship leader, I used to lead uh, worship a lot, and I, I went to see Tommy Walker. Any Tommy Walker fans out there? Tommy Walker's a great uh, worshiper. Go get, go get some of his albums. Uh, I went to go see him. He came to uh, do a worship conference, and I, um, I got some really good advice from him. Uh, one of the things he said, as a worship leader, as someone who worships, uh, leads other people into worship, um, he said, keep one eye on heaven and one eye on earth. And I took that I go, wow, that is so great, because... I've seen worship leaders just get caught up in their own little worship. It's like, you know, it's like 20 minutes. They're just like, oh, man, God is good. And they open their eyes, and no one's singing, right? When you, when you keep your eye on heaven, you keep one eye on earth, you get to lead other people into the presence of God as a worship leader. Are you with me? You're not just in your own little realm. I'm going to just have a 20-minute worship session with God. You're saying, no, I'm here to walk you into the presence of the Lord and present you guys to Jesus Christ. That's the job of a worship leader right? Lokahi did a great job of that, right? He did, didn't he? He was leading us, right? I'm sure Lokahi is a worshiper of God, and he can spend two hours worshiping by himself, but he knew it was a responsibility to lead you guys into the... He kept one eye on heaven, one eye on earth, and that's what we should do. We should keep our eyes open, you know, for what is the most helpful, what is the most um, helpful gift at this point, right? You know, and I think um, tongues sometimes can be so... It's so, so, you look into yourself, right? Um, I think in 1 Corinthians fourteen seventeen, I want to read you the message version of this. The message version of verse 17 is great. It says this, If you give a blessing using your private prayer language, which no one else understands, how can some outsider who has just shown up and has no idea what's going on when you say amen? Your blessing might be beautiful, right? Tongues is beautiful. Your blessing might be beautiful, but you have very effectively cut the person out of it. Woo. That's heavy, huh? Basically what he's saying is like, you know, you're great that speaking in tongues, but everyone else is, is now outsiders. And the one thing about our church and the one thing about Jesus Christ and the one, one thing about Christianity, it should never be exclusive. It should always be inclusive. I've said that before. We should always be like, you know what, everyone's invited to the party. Everyone's invited to dinner, Right? Non-believers, believers, enemies, all, come on down. Jesus, come on down. We should be inclusive. We should be inviting everybody, not in our holy huddle. Um, I have a stupid analogy that I want to give you. This is how my mind works. But it's a difference between a peacock and a carrier pigeon, right? That when God gives us gifts, a lot of the times when God gives us a spiritual, especially a very, you know, it's like, wow, this is, this is cool. You know what comes along with spiritual gifts? Pride. Don't you guys agree? Because the spiritual gift comes, and now you're like, then, then you have the ability to take credit for it, right? You have, you have the ability to go, ooh, yeah, I prayed for healing over someone. They got healed. Hot hands. Hot hands, Lendeza, come on down. Right? I, I'm talking from personal experience here, right? It's just like, ooh, I got tongues. You don't. Well, I, I, I got a word, and look at me. Dude, I'm the word guy. Come on. You know? And uh, alongside a spiritual gift can come very easily because the enemy, uh, if you look in the bigger picture, the enemy doesn't want you to, to operate maturely or rightly or properly in your spiritual gift. He wants, to, he wants to distort it a little way. So he puts pride in there, and you're like, yeah, that was all me. You know when you operate in spiritual gifts, it should be like this. Wow, there's no way that was me. Are you hearing me? When we operate in our spiritual gifts, it's like, whoa, you stand back and go, thank you, Lord, for letting me do that because that was no way uh, that was me and my analogy is the peacock right how many guys ever there's lots of peacocks here in hawaii weirdly enough isn't there like why holy they're walking down the street and the peacock right is the he's trying to he's trying to basically get a girlfriend right and so he's showing off his plumage he's like look at me right and as christians sometimes it happens i'm included i learned my lessons like look at my tongues look at my healing power you know and we're, it's just become a show We're showing off. And you get to look at me. I'm sorry, but we're not peacocks. We should be the carrier pigeon. You know what a carrier pigeon is? It's a homing pigeon. Um, I'm going to be Ralph right now. This is Pastor Ralph. You know, in World War II. <laughs> in World War II, let me give you a history lesson. Are you hearing me? Sorry, Pastor Ralph, oh, man. <laughs> is he listening on this? Um, in World War II, Carrier pigeons were important, right? They carried important messages to people. Like, you know, generals would, would take these, put the carrier pigeon and send them off to the troops. Like, they have important, vital messages that were just necessary for winning the war, right? Um, hospitals would, would use carrier pigeons to carry um, uh, medicine to hospitals, to the sick, right? And think about that. Isn't that cool that in our hands as carrier pigeons, right, the ugly carrier pigeon, right, it's just like like mm, unassuming carrier pigeon. is carrying life-giving words. It's giving healing power to somebody. That's what we do. When we receive a spiritual gift, we have these life-giving words to give to somebody. Right? God gives us gifts, not to show off, but to give away. We give them away, and we go, whoa, we're carrier pigeons. We should ha- always have that mentality that, you know what, I'm, I, I have life-giving power in my hands. Um, and then in verse 20, Paul goes on to say this. He says, Dear brothers and sisters, don't be childish in your understanding of these things. Be innocent as babes when it comes to evil, but be mature in understanding matters of this kind. It is written in scriptures, I will speak to my own people through strange languages and through the lips of foreigners, but even then they will not listen to me, says the Lord. So you. See, that speaking in tongues is a sign not for believers but for unbelievers. Prophecy, however, is for the benefit of believers, not unbelievers. Even so, if unbelievers or people who don't understand these things come into your church meeting and and hear everyone speaking in an unknown language, they will think you are crazy. (laughs) But if all of you are prophesying and unbelievers or people who don't understand these things come into your meeting, They will be convicted of sin, judged by what you say. As they listen, their secret thoughts will be exposed, and I love this, and they will fall to their knees and worship God, declaring God is truly here among you. Now, look at this. And this little verse right here, basically Paul, Paul is getting real right here. Because in verse 20, he says, "Uh, don't be childish. You know what he's saying? Grow up. Grow up, church. Come on. What are you doing? When you guys come together, you guys are lost in yourselves, and, and the lost and the broken are all around you, and you're not helping them. Grow up. Get mature in the Lord. Use the gifts. Use the most helpful gifts. Get it right. Do, do stuff right when you come to church. Are you hearing me? This is what Paul was saying. And, and stuff was going off in the Corinthian church. They were great. They were awesome, all these spiritual gifts and everything, but they were just kind of tweaking it and, and, and not doing what, what God intended church to be. Um, I think he's calling us to grow up. I think God is challenging us as a church. Right? I mean, how, I don't have to raise your hand, but how many of us walk in the church like we have the noise-canceling headphones on our heads? And we're just like, I'm just here for me. I'm here to worship God and Take church off my list and whatever it is. And I I don't think our church is, I think our church is growing out of that. It's cool. But the challenge is, is how, you know, when can we take the earphones off and go, what's around me? What can I do? How can I get distractions out of the way so that when people come into this place that they experience the living God? Um, And I love that because isn't that the ultimate goal? Is that, don't you want people to come, especially people who don't know Jesus Christ and people who are brand new don't you want them to come here and not say how great the worship was or how great the teaching was or how cool the videos were? Don't you want to come in here and go, wow, God is among you. The Holy Spirit is here. Don't you want them to say that? Yeah, it's like, whoa, what is, what is, what is wrong with you people? It's awesome. This is, there's something going on here. And the, the one thing we have to decide is we have to get out of the way so that God can be glorified that he can be famous, that people can experience his love. Um, In verse 26, it says this, and I'm going to read all the way to the end here. It says, Well, my brothers and sisters, let's summarize. When you meet together, one will sing, another will teach, another will tell some special revelation God has given, one will speak in tongues, and another will interpret what is said. But everything that is done must strengthen all of you. No more than two or three should speak in tongues. They must speak at one time, and someone must interpret what they say. But if no one is present who can interpret, they must be silent in your church meeting and speak speak in tongues to God privately. Let two or three people prophesy and let the others evaluate what is, is said. But if someone is prophesying and another person receives a revelation from the Lord, the one who's speaking must stop. In the same way, all who prophesy will have to turn to speak one after the other so that everyone will learn to be encouraged. Remember that people who prophesy are in control of their spirit and can take turns and I love this verse 33 underline this for God is not a god of disorder but of peace as in all the meetings of God's holy people and I, I look at this I, I think Paul's like he's you know we do like program like Mel Pereira who's in Australia right now Mel Pereira does a great job Pastor Mel she makes these programs if you guys know right she's like every minute like every little detail she knows when the video's coming she knows the last song she does all this and look at Paul Paul is, like, doing Mel's job here. He's, so like, he's programming here. He's saying, you know what? Have the right person come up at the right time, right? He's basically saying, okay, one person's saying, Trevor, you're pretty good at it. Get up there. Kanani, you do the announcements. Um, you know what? Uh, will let one person speak. Carl, I think you're pretty good at that, too. Get up here and do that. Are you guys hearing me? There's an order to it, that, and that's what Paul is, like, saying. There should be order when we come to church. Um, and then it says this in verse 34. Um, here we go. Women should be silent during the church meeting. Thank you so much, Carl. <laughs> I just want to thank you personally that I get to talk about this right now. <laughs> Women should be silent during the church meeting. It is not proper for them to speak. They should be submissive just as the law says. Um, if they have any questions, they should ask their husbands at home, for it is improper... <laughs> Let me drink a water here. <laughs> for it is improper for women to speak in church meetings, or do you think God's word oriented, originated with you, Corinthians? Are you the only ones to whom it was given? If you claim to be a prophet or think you are spiritual, you should recognize that what I'm saying is a command from the Lord himself. Okay, so what is this, right? Um, obviously, in our church, women aren't silent. Ask Kanani. Um, she speaks her mind all the time. Um, and so there's two questions I get from when I read this is, should women be silent? And you know what the answer is? No. Right? What Paul is addressing here is a specific audience in a specific time. And I really believe, seriously, I'm not trying to like, okay, I'm, I'm trying to get all the women on my side before they leave church so I'm, I'm friends with you. No. I really believe this is a cultural thing. This is, right, if you put it in context, what is he talking about? He's talking about distractions in church. And in this church, some, for some reason, The women were very distracting. They were asking questions, right, uh, when they shouldn't have. Um, And I think um, the message version, I want to read the message version for you guys uh, of verse 34. Um, It says, it says, wives must not not disrupt worship. Talking when they should be listening, asking questions that could be more appropriately uh, asked of their husbands at home. God's book of the law guides your manners and customs here. Wives have no license to use the time of worship Get this, for unwarranted speaking, right? There was unwarranted speaking going on in the Corinthian church. Women were doing it, okay? Um, Do you, both women and men, imagine that you're a sacred oracle determining what's right and wrong? I love this line right here. Do you think everything revolves around you? So, Paul's goal was not to make a rule in the church. Here's the rule in the church women must be silent. Women, no, no women in ministry. He wasn't making this overall rule. He's saying, when you guys come together, guys, come on, let's be proper and let's be um, organized and let's keep things in order. Um, and there's actually other scriptures that surround uh, chapter 14 because if you go back to verse 11, uh, chapter 11, which is the chapter that I had to teach back three weeks ago, right, in verse, uh, chapter 11, verse 5 says this, but a woman dishonors a head, and get this, if she prays or prophesies, right, without covering her head. Basically, Paul's saying that when you come to church and when the women, when you pray and when you prophesy, well, to do it proper, like, cover your head. So he's saying, when you do it, he's saying, you know what, you guys can't speak in turn when it's not unwarranted speaking, right? The other question I have is, is can women be used in ministry? Is this, is this excluding all women from ministry? Absolutely not. Women can be in ministry. Look at my mom, for example. Mom, where are you? Look at my mom back there. She is praying for me right now. Thank you so much. She's on the prayer team and she is in ministry. Um, there's some great women that are, are in ministry, right? This is, please look at this in context. Um, um, actually, by the way, do you guys know you're a part of the Foursquare denomination? You know who the Foursquare denomination was started by? Amy Simple McPherson. Amy is not a guy's name. It's like, my name's Amy. <laughs> Amy Semple McPherson was an incredible woman. Um, I heard an interview one time, uh, the story, uh, a story about Amy Semple McPherson. was well, She was the Oprah of the 1920s. She, was, she had that much influence in the 1920s. Um, just a little side note, this has nothing to do with the sermon, but when she ran church in, um, in, in Los Angeles at Angeles Temple, um, they, would, they called it the best show in town. Like Charlie Chaplin would go to her church. Isn't that amazing that Charlie Chaplin went to her church? And what would happen at her services, um, I heard this story, that ambulances, right, would drop off the lame, the sick, the blind at church and that they would leave healed. There's actually a room in Angela's Temple where there's crutches and wheelchairs that people left because when they left, they walked out with a bigger revelation of who God is, and they walked out healed. Amy Semple McPherson started, we are here because we are part of the denomination, um, of a great woman of God. And so, there you go. Um, and I'm going to close off reading the rest. In verse 38, it says this. He says, but if you do not recognize this, you yourself will not be recognized. So, my dear brothers and sisters, be eager to prophesy, which he's saying, be eager to, to speak clearly, be eager to speak the truth. And he says, don't forget, forbid speaking in tongues. He's not saying that no tongues. He's not making a rule, no tongues. He's saying, dude, be mature about it, Right? Don't be a peacock, be a carrier pigeon and, and use the most helpful gifts, right? But don't forbid it. I'm just saying, be smart about it. It says, but be sure that in everything, uh, everything is done properly and in order. And here's the one takeaway. Here's the one takeaway that I want you guys to get because, you know, I'm hoping you know, this, this message really does pertain to every single one of us. Why? Because we play a part uh, of what God is doing. When we come together, we're the church. And the one thing that we got to make sure that we do is that we get out of the way of God. Are you hearing me? That there shouldn't be any distractions, right? right? We, we're, we're, we're using all of our gifts. But like I said, in the worship team, they're using their gifts. Why? So that, they can, that you can forget about them and just worship God. That, that we put all distractions from the greeting, from the um, sound to the PowerPoint, Right? To every single thing that the distractions are out of the way so that when you come that you be flooded with the light of Jesus Christ. That you see the glory of God and experience his power and you walk out of there going, whoa, God is good. God is here. Right? One of the best examples I saw I I got the privilege and honor of going to uh, uh, Hillsong last year. I went to Hillsong last year. And Dude, I was incredible. I went to the services. I, I saw the teachings and the worship. I was absolutely moved by all of that stuff. You know what? One of the greatest things I saw wasn't a teaching. It, it was actually during worship. But it was uh, I was standing. I was I was on the bleeder seats on the side where no one wanted to be. And during worship, um, you know, Hillsong is awesome. They're just so creative. And and so they had a riser that the drums were on, and it was like it actually came out of the, the stage like this. I'm like. incredible imagine that you're like like Tyler's just like you know It it was and they did it it was tasteful it wasn't just a show it was like this is to enhance worship but while the thing was rising like I don't know some wires got caught or something and and drums were falling away and like things were just and then like people were worshiping and I'm like totally distracted going oh my gosh oh my gosh and then, you know, in my mind, I'm going, ooh, yeah, they're not perfect, are they? Huh, you Hillsong. You think you're so good, you know? <laughs> right? I was just like, yeah, stuff goes wrong in Hillsong, too. And so things are falling away. But here's the most amazing thing I saw. The drummer, right? I'm a drummer. This is hard to do. Drummer kept going. Didn't miss a beat. Seriously. <laughs> Doing all this stuff. Picking up stuff <laughs> while drumming. He was that good. just like. Doo-doo-doo. And then five other guys just started swarming that area in black, mind you. They're just like they're picking up stuff. They're they're putting the mics up, they're putting a little whatever it was. Everything was back to normal. The stage came up and people kept on worshiping. And that was one of the most impressive things I saw because these people. We're dedicated to go, you know what, I'm going to take care of those small things. I don't want any distractions. I want people to keep on worshiping the Lord, and this could be a distraction. I'm, that's not going to happen on my watch. Isn't that amazing? That's the one thing I got from going, wow, these guys really, really get it. I think we get it too, yeah? I mean, it's just like we're here to worship our God, experience him. Get out of the way. Don't cause all these distractions. And um, here's the one thing I really believe. If we get this down, every single one of us. Don't you think if God, if people came in here, experienced the glory of God, don't you think we will be a force to be reckoned with? If we get these things down, is that we know how to keep a service in order, and people come and go, wow, they're falling to their knees, and they're experiencing the Lord. Um, With that, let's bow our heads and pray. Lord, I want to thank you so much for allowing us the privilege of, of making a place of worship making a place that we can come here and shout to our lungs and sing passionately to you and hear the word of God and be inspired. Thank you that we get to do this, Lord. Um, I pray for all of us that we even get better at it, Lord, because really, all we're trying to do is set the stage for you. All we're doing is setting the stage for the Holy Spirit to move amongst your people, that people would see the glory of God without without us standing in the way, blocking the way. And Lord, I just pray that every single one of us would take up that call, take up a clear bugler's call to action. To go, you know what? What how can I help? How can I add to this? I just thank you so much, though. We get to worship you. We get to come here as a church. It's so it's such a delight to come as a family together and to worship you as uh, brothers and sisters in the Lord. I want to give an opportunity for anyone here. We didn't really talk about Jesus today, but that's why we're here. We came here to worship our Lord and Savior that died for us on the cross, that gave himself willingly for us, shed his blood 3 days later rose again from the grave by his incredible power and because of that conquered sin and death. If you're sitting here this morning and you wouldn't consider yourself a Christian. You would say, "Well, I'm just checking it out. My friend invited me or I just heard about it whatever it is and but if you don't consider yourself a follower of Jesus Christ and you're thinking, "You know what? I want to make that step now." Well, it's really very simple. It's just telling Jesus that, yeah, Jesus, I believe what you did on the cross for me. I believe because of that, I am forgiven and set free, and I'm a child of God. And because of that, I give you my life. I will follow you. I give you everything. I am coming just as I am, sin and all, habits and all, and you're going to take me anyway. That's an amazing thing. If you want to do that, if you want to officially become a born-again Christian, I want, to, I want to say a prayer with you, but I want, I want you to tell me that you're going to be praying with me. It's a really simple act, a, si- a simple step of faith that you would raise your hand at. and I'm going to count to three, and when I count to three, if you want Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior, just raise it real high so that I can see that. Here we go. One, two, three. Does anybody want that? Got one. Anybody else? Got two. Awesome. Anybody else? Best three. Awesome. Anybody else this is the best for awesome. Keep it coming. This is the best decision you'll ever make in your whole entire life. Honestly. Awesome. Anybody else just called to do this? To be a follower of Jesus Christ. Cool. Alright, put your hands down. Say this prayer like it's your own. Lord Jesus, I come before you right now. I believe what you did on the cross. You died for me. You shed your blood. You willingly put yourself up there. Three days later, you rose again from the grave. And I call you my Lord and my Savior. I believe what you did. I give you my whole self just as I am. I don't have to be perfect, but you cleanse me and you free me from sin. So, Lord, put me on a path that I can grow and mature in you. But today, this morning, I give you my life. I make you my Lord and my Savior, my friend, my king. In Jesus' precious name, we all say amen. Amen. right, yeah. Give a hand for those people.